ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Killer Collab Podcast. My name is Tony Martin, Tony D. And so is I'm joined with Chris Plato. Now across from me, now I have to look at his ugly mug. Oh, my balls off. You're always funny. Hello. Nice. Chris Plato. How are you doing? Doing okay. Now like now I see you in, right here, and, it, and it's awkward for me. I don't yeah. know. I, I, it's not very comfortable. Because you're like in love with me now? Yeah. We'll go with well, that. I can't stop looking at myself, so. I'm pretty fucking handsome. Tony's yeah. in love with me. Joe's in love and, with him. And now to my direct oh, right, Mr. Joe Davison. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Yes. Welcome back to the show, folks. Good to see you. All 13,000 of our fans? Yeah. yeah. About 13,000. Yeah. That's fucking great, man. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Getting on up. Slowly but surely. Yeah. I'm excited for today because uh, we have a very special guest who's probably one of the most talented effects artists I've ever met. Uh, he is, uh, just renowned, and now he just won an Emmy. And, uh, you can see his stuff on American Horror Story, uh, a bunch of, <laughs> everything, uh, Army of the Dead, um, ladies and gentlemen, Marcel Day. Hello, guys, thank you for having me. Hello, thank you for joining us. I know it's bright and early where you, where yeah. you are right now. Nice. Yeah, I'm barely awake. Yeah, so did you get coffee? I did. I had coffee. I got in super, super late last night after our plane caught fire, so it was a fun night. Okay, what? Tell us that story, please. <laughs> Continue. So, American Airlines, who are amazing, don't ever fly them. Um, I was reading about uh, one of the worst airplane crashes in history as it took off and the engine exploded. So, and then panic set in there, we started screaming fire, we're going to die, and uh, we white knuckled until we circled around and landed. Wow. So it was a very, and then we were delayed like seven hours, so I got in like three in the morning and was like, I have to be up at nine for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you made it, dude. We, <laughs> I don't know anybody else who would have made the podcast. They just would have called us and not answered. You traumatized? Like, yeah. Uh, I was. Well, they're like, we're going to get you right back on plane. And I was like, uh, okay, this is another American Airlines plane, because I don't know about this. <laughs> I'll take roller skates. And then John Denver started flying in the background, and I was like, why? <laughs> West Virginia, Mama. Uh, uh, Take me a little home. PTSD right now. Yeah, I'm just not coming to grips with that. I almost died. I'm like, I can't. I'm too young, too beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that, yeah, that's fantastic. Dude. Yeah, I just watched a story the other day about the that uh, airplane. I think it was Southwest, where the engine blew, and one and it smashed one of the windows, and the lady got sucked halfway out the window. And people were like trying to keep her in the plane, and she ended up suffocating and dying on the plane. And, uh, That's why you keep your seatbelt on the whole time. Always. Always. Yeah. I never wear seatbelt. Oh, well, you're from Florida. That's why. <laughs> it's true. We're we're not allowed. You get a. Wear shoes, seatbelts. Can only drink Milwaukee's best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like 37 of those things will put you right in the ground. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Well, we're glad you made it. Yeah, that's crazy. Safely under that's the crazy. ground. So, so were, you, were you in a window seat when that happened? I was in the center. Um, so the person next to me, as I was putting my book down, went, and I went, what? And he goes, nothing. And then the woman behind me goes, we're on fire, we're going to crash. And then there was um, another guy who was like, fire, we're on fire. And then everyone just started freaking out. And then one guy was like, I have to get off. I have to get out. I'm like, what if you're going to go? And I was sent out the door. 
Was it like the scene in the airplane where everybody was running everywhere? We were already airborne in the middle. Yeah, we took off and we were like almost at a cruising altitude and then boom. So on this picture, about where would you be in height? <laughs> <laughs> we were definitely high enough that if we, if we crashed, I wouldn't have made it. Oh, um, and also, it's the worst time to crash because you're full of gas when you take off. You want to crash at the end so you don't blow up. I was like, I'm always full of gas. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were, I was losing it in New Mexico, and that was my ordeal yesterday coming up. So. We saved the Stranger Things house, Joe. Oh, you did? Yeah, from season four. Oh, no, okay. Nice. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. Not your season, but you have a tie to it. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I know. I didn't have to see that thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, it was a good season. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched all of it. It was great. The first season. Work on it? I never know with you what you're working on. No, I, I love Stranger Things. I know I do a lot, I do a lot of stuff. For some reason, I like Stranger Things, even though it's like derivative of every age movie I love. I just, I just love it. Yeah, and it's great. It's, it's like a time machine while watching that show. It's like it just basically just makes you think you're in the eighties because of everything. Yeah, it, it just it's so it good. And they're everything, everything I love, but it's like hard not to like it. Next one, be twelve again. Yeah, which is you know my mental state. Anyways, Joe, you should call the Duffer Brothers and say let's make a multiverse so I can come back. Well, dude, I already talked to them about it in length in the hallway as they were putting blood on. It's <laughs> like guys, we're not doing like this. We can, we can talk about it. That, that meeting didn't go well. They're like get in the elevator. What do you mean? Are we getting like a scene? Like. Why do they get to take the stairs? <laughs> I'm a scientist. Why would I get an elevator? Well, uh, I just want to congratulate you on your Emmy. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. What did you get it for? Uh, I got it for a legendary on HBO. A show I'm sure you straight white men do not watch at all, but it's a good show. Uh, I have you know I'm very attracted to Uncoupled. Okay. Um, and I, okay. And I, like and I can't show. afford Showtime. Too rich for my blood. Too rich for my blood. I, I love, use my I, sister's app, like her cable apps, um, and I use her password and stuff. And Showtime wasn't working. I was like, "Hey, what's up with Showtime?" Oh, I got rid of it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I was that. <laughs> you get rid of Showtime. Thank you. I don't watch it. I think I had it at one point. I was watching like Ray Donovan, yeah, and I think that was the only reason I was watching it at one point. And then I was like, "Yeah, I'm not paying this anymore." Yeah, I watch Yellow yeah. Jack because I have so, that's the only thing I watched. Myself. <laughs> What uh, what what does it feel like to win an Emmy? Were you there? Were you in the audience? Did you get a like? Did they send you uh, two weeks ahead of time? No, because we're filming the Emmys this September second. Okay. Uh, so I got a nomination last year, but this year was different. We had a different way, so they texted me while I was at work, so it wasn't as magical. Mm. Um, <laughs> I was like on set, and they were like, "Hello, this is the Television Academy. Do you have a moment to talk?" And I was like, "Sure." Like, well, we're not going to call you when I text, and then they're like, "You won Emmy." Like, oh. We're not going to call you. We're going to text you. Text. They texted. And then they did an official, they did an official announcement. They did an official announcement a week later with like all the press and everything. But I was like, I said, I was like, well, I've known a week. So, yeah. like breaking up with somebody or a text. I don't know. So it wasn't very, it was cool, but not as magical as like sitting in the audience with a bow tie, like going, but it was still great to be acknowledged who worked hard. Were you working on a prop when they 
called you? Like a, a um, sculptor or anything? No. Okay. I literally just cut the text and they're like, don't tell anyone. And the press now came out and it was like, congrats, I'm excited. And I was like, yeah, no, wow. And it was like, no. Is it no one anyone? What was that? Tell anyone? Um, I told everyone, yeah, I wasn't supposed to, but I told everyone, like, that day. Uh, I knew, I knew it was like, I'm texting everyone I know, don't tell anyone, and I was like, oh, what are they going to take it away? Shooting until September, right? No. Yeah. You cut out a little bit, so I barely heard your question, but I'm going to say it's a no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said already said September 2nd. September, so they shoot it September 2nd, so that's when all the announcements Yeah, September, there's three days of shooting, so there's the Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of that weekend, yeah. So, um, you, you know, we should go out to about 20,000 viewers and <laughs> listeners right now. <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. How many how many viewers do the Emmys get? Do they know how to do it? Not as many as us. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know the viewership anymore. But I think everyone's like, we don't watch the Oscar, we don't watch this anymore. I'm like, okay. Because you, you, you would reach more people. <laughs> I remember uh, not too long ago that there were Oscar watch parties. Yes. yes. And that doesn't happen anymore. Well, you can do it on Facebook now. You can do Facebook watch parties. I don't know how they work, but... I don't either. Yeah. I thought that was something else. I'm, I'm already on those sites. Oscar just kind of turned into a shit show. Watch parties? Yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah. I just watch for the makeup. All the movies are on the airport. It's like all the members. I probably shouldn't say they're just like old people, so it's like all the other movies. But please, if I'm ever not made, don't take this comment to consideration when voting for me. <laughs> <laughs> Our show's listened to by, like, Hungarian men. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, we, I go, I think I, I don't know if we go on stage and we pretend like we just won. I don't know how it goes, but if you don't know I'll be there. I'll be very sad. But I'll act all shocked. Yeah, so and I want you to, like, get on the back of the stairs of the chair and stand up and be like, Ah! Why not? <laughs> Make a big deal out of it. I would. Oh, yeah, I'd pull the podium over, scream, oh, roll around. I'd like. Make uh, a seizure. Yeah, if I ever want something like that, I'd totally be. I'd totally ham it up. I'd ham it up. Yeah. Man, I know. My 15 seconds of shame, I'm like, here we go. Because you already know, right? So somehow I would sneak in a big band in behind the curtain. <laughs> and as soon as I got up there to do it, and they're all like, wah, 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 I'd start fucking swing dancing and shit. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. It seems about right. Something I do. Maybe. Yeah. It's just going up in a huge room of people that have no idea who you are or don't care. That's what it is, really. Another one. Okay. Can we go home yet? Give me my gift bag. But I feel like that's, I'm like that every film festival. Like, I don't want to be here. I've seen these movies a thousand times. You know. Well, I feel like makeup and hair, like, people like it, but they're kind of like, okay, get to the actors, get to the get to the best picture, get to the best show, and we're just kind of like, okay, bye. Best wardrobe. That's how I feel like they're all like, <laughs> actors is one for them, and once that's done, they all go get drunk. It's like slowly going, like, everyone is slowly leaving to go to the reception. Yeah, basically. You know what I mean? And at the very end, you know who the, the like, real losers are, is like the last category ever called, because there's only like eight people left in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I already know it's Susan won. Mr. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how that seat filler process works. 
you know how the people I have a friend of mine who does that professionally. She yeah, she's paid to sit at the Oscars. <laughs> like third row. Yeah, I wanna So do they make all the winners sit in like the front? Like like aisle seats and stuff? I think for the bigger categories, yeah. Like for the, the big stuff, like you're up front so that they can get good camera angles. Yeah. And then the less the less important they deem you, I guess I guess you're back further. I just want to get in the room. I don't care if I'm standing. Be like, and for best shoelace, <laughs> Joe Davis. I'm like, wait a minute. I just, I just want to see like the, the camera go up and try to look around the people, just like, like, uh, what's that? Um, uh, uh, Price, Price is, is right. right. Yeah, so I just want them to look for it and then zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Come on down. Oh, <laughs> That's what I want to see. Cause that, that that would be funny, and they have no idea where you are. Like you're in the corner. Can you see him? He's up in the balcony. He wasn't allowed down there. <laughs> uh, so what are you working on now? If you uh, right now I'm on a right now I'm on a break. I've been uh, jumping around on a few Netflix shows. I was on a Disney show, and now I'm on a a, a rester. <laughs> trying to figure out what to do next. I'm working. Uh, yeah, I'm working. It's just uh, I'm at that stage. It's the end of the year, so I'm kind of just like a zombie. Yeah. Like. Well, it kind just of like soon, doesn't it? Like November, kind of like it's quiet. Yeah, November, December, and it's kind of what I'm cruising into. Like I've got some stuff lined up, small stuff, but yeah. I'm waiting for the holiday break. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's where I'm going. I'm waiting for Roy Joe, essentially, also. Yeah, yeah, of course. I know. We're trying to, uh, I mean, it's. I'm only trying to get $2 million. It's really easy. I seem to be. Yeah, uh, that's all. Yeah. Well, it's there. It's out there. It's in contract form. I just need a motherfucker to sign it, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> We're having this business conversation, and it's like, what the hell are they talking about? It's like, I want my goddamn money now. No. Money! So it's like that commercial. It's my money, and I want it now. I want it now. <laughs> what, Marcel, what was your first gig? What was the first thing you ever did? Uh, it was a uh, student film called Rock Zombie. Was it like it was, it was um it was a bunch of people doing like horror movies, and they were trying to make a horror film about uh, a rock band who becomes zombies. Um, and it was goddamn awful. And they, the whole time, they're like, oh, we hate horror films. They're so pretentious, I would never, but they make money. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and it was like, horrible. Uh, and I trashed it. I trashed it on MySpace, and they all hated me because of it. I was like, what's bad? Sorry, like, you guys didn't even try. Where are those people now? You should hit them back up and be like, just send them a picture of an Emmy. Are we doing Rock Zombie to you guys? They're in the Emmy now. <laughs> Money. I have an Emmy now. I got a, I got an image to hold now. Uh, yeah, and that was my first shitty gig. And then my first really good, legit gig was like when I was 19 on a feature film um, about zombies. And that was fun. So I consider that my like my first like legit job. Because I like I didn't I didn't I couldn't I didn't work a lot. I realized that I was like pretty much I got fired from every job. So I just decided at like 18 that I wasn't gonna work for anyone. Did you ever work for Trauma? No, I never did. I wanted to, and then I met Lloyd Cop, and I was like, never mind. Oh. <laughs> it seems like everyone in the horror industry has worked for him at one point. No, I, I, I met with him, but like I just was like, he's New York State, and I was also like, I just I need a little bit more uh, 
budget that I think you can get. Yeah. <laughs> I like their movies. They're fun, but yeah. Yeah, they're great. They're they're. I I I have a hard time. Cause just because they're so loud, I've done so many conventions where the, the booth is like next to mine, and they're so goddamn loud with the bullhorn and shit. He's always there looking goofy. And it's like, Lloyd, God damn it, Lloyd. He's a good businessman. He just yeah. keeps it very very in Charles Dan. They like they just I don't they don't have the budgets. Yeah, well, that's a, one of the biggest like toughest yeah. uh, situations in all of filmmaking. The budget, oh man. Yeah. Even on multi-million dollar things, they're like, we can't afford that. I'm like, it's twenty dollars. Like, no, we'll break the budget. I'm like, you're Disney, but okay. Here, hold on, ma'am. Coming through the gate. Don't put that twenty there. Give it to me. All right. Actually, now we're fine. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, I kind of I stayed out of the, the low budget world pretty much. I never worked for Lloyd. I never worked for Full Moon. I never did any of that. I came kind of straight to LA and jumped in. On the more, I guess, legit stuff. But that was that wasn't the plan. That was just by accident. What did Face Off do for you? Like seriously, like did it just like open it all up? Uh, Face Off got me the job in LA, and I mean, for a lot of years, I talked shit about Face Off just because I, I thought it became a joke, and I didn't want to be known as a reality TV guy. So I became a pariah to all those producers. They like wouldn't piss on me if I was on fire. Um, but uh, it got me a connection with someone at Christian Tinsley's, so I jumped in there on Riddick, and I, I met a lot of people that way, so that was cool. Yeah. So now that, like, 10 years or 11 years of passion face off, it's, like, kind of, like, I'm, like, nostalgic for it, so I'm like, it's not that bad. Is it still on? <laughs> they don't do it anymore. It was, a, it was a fun ride, it was just at the time. I was like, here, yeah, we sign. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. I think face off oh. like, season seven? Season eight or something like that now? Is it still a thing? I thought it was. I don't know. Face-off? Yeah. I think they canceled it. Yeah, I only ever watched season three and season seven, which is third. What were you on? Four? I was on one. You were on one. I'm OG. Right. And then Gage is on three. Gage is on one. Gage did one in All-Stars. Okay. I saw him on one. Uh, not season one, but yeah, All-Stars, I think I saw him on one. I tried to talk about it doing that and get a horrible time. I was like, don't go back. He did. And then they never asked me back. I guess I was on the list of people calling. I was like, I would have told you guys no, but you know. They know that already. They're like, well, it's just it got it got real crazy. Like they weren't even hiring artists. They were hiring like wait staff, and they're like, just learn how to paint before you come. Like that's weird. What? Yeah, they they like scraped the bottom of the barrel for all that legit artists. They were just hiring people that like were like, well, I painted one time six years ago. Like you guys should probably be more thorough. Yeah. <laughs> they just threw me in a van. I'm here now. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that was the one thing I can't complain too much because it did open up a lot of big doors for me. So um, I just kind of shy away from. I did a few conventions, a few signings, but I was for like a dildo signing pictures and like they make you charge people. Um, you know, Joe, it's like, I don't know, maybe you like it. It's just I feel weird charging people for like a picture and an autograph, even though I'm supposed to do that. Yeah. Um, I just always give it to free and I get in trouble. Well, what I do is, like, I also have, like, my books and shit there. So, usually, if they buy a book, they get whatever else they want for free, man. I'm not okay, sure. yeah. Because yeah. it can be awkward just talking to random strangers all day, like, the same question over and over and trying to be, like, still enthused about it. So, you're just, you know, because I'm sure everyone's like, Demogorgons, Demogorgons. And you're like, yeah, Demogorgons. 
Question every kid asked me, Billy, Billy Bobby Brown, how is she? What's she like? Is she really England? <laughs> yeah, she's great. I killed her. I, she's in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of like the real thing, was like doing those conventions of like, you know, it's all day. And it's fun because I love people. I'm meeting new people. I love people that are excited about shit, especially makeup. But yeah, I always felt like kind of like weird being like, there's always like a handler who's like, stop talking. You've got your time. Yeah. Pay him his money. Move on. I'm like, God, calm down. It's like a, it's like a seven year old kid. She's yelling at. Him. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, but someone like you though, man, I, I feel like you should do it because a lot of people, you're not the in front of the camera kind of guy. Where when I go to conventions, you're the guys I want to meet. I want to go talk to the effects dudes. Mm-hmm. I want to go talk to, you know, if they got some wardrobe person at a convention, you know, uh, I want to go. What is it, Margaret Atwood? Bend over backwards. I couldn't bend over backwards. I tried. Yeah, that would be awkward. To see. Yeah, but... and you die. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like when I go to conventions, I, I mean, well, I meet a lot of behind-the-scenes people anyway. But notice the actors that I care about in Hollywood are dead. Um, or they're like, you know, B-movie actors that no one all talk about for an hour. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. Just shut up. And I'm like, oh, well, they're really awesome. So it's like I don't really care about the big stars or like going to meet like the big celebrities. I usually run to like the obscure people. Um, so I'm on the same page with you there. Yeah, I'd rather meet those kind of people than the, the, the B. I don't know if there's like a celebrity. I would I would rather see Bruce Campbell than The Rock. Yeah. But, you know? Yeah. The only time you'll see The Rock is when he's doing like DC events. I don't ever plan to see The Rock. No, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, I can't imagine what situation I'd be in where it was me and The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, perhaps an acting job, Joe? I don't know. Aren't you about to act? Next to fucking The Rock. Like, The Rock's fat, fat tubby guy. Like, what's the movie? Yeah. You know? Yeah, twins. Me and The Rock. That'd be horribly... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. I might see that. (laughs) I might see that to Joe. Well, thank you. Um, Where did you meet Joe? Shaving my chest. Um, I was shaving his chest in a, a warehouse in Van Nuys. Um, he was a director on a film I worked on in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, 2020. He's a he's a good friend of my good friend, and then they both directed the movie, and uh, I did it with him. Hey, hey Joe, what, when is that movie coming out? It's coming out soon, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. In, in, in the 20th anniversary of when we film, we're going to release it. So. It's going to be a minute. <laughs> Slowest digital effects company in the world, I think. Seriously, like, we, we spent a lot of money on visuals, and we're just now starting to get shit. They blamed it all on COVID. COVID, yeah. COVID, COVID, COVID. Well, how can you blame COVID? Remotely? You're, like, sitting in front of a Yeah, computer. you're at home alone on a computer. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can take a laptop anywhere with you these days, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> so we're just now, so you know, Marcel, we're just, we got all the visuals back from the chins. Remember we did the girls' chins? Yes. All that, all that blood. Yeah, we, this is the kind of stuff that people don't know. When, you, when blood splatter goes wrong, you spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in years removing the fake blood from a chip. Yeah. 
And that's a really that's good longest. That's the legit concern that we had. There's 100 and, 150 single shots, I think, had to be done. Between that and the yeah, we had a we had a few hiccups in the beginning of the production due to a producer who will not be named, but he hired someone who was terrible and they fucked up everything and put us behind three days. Yeah. So that was great. So tell us about your experience on Disney, because I hear horror stories of Disney. Well, stuff. he wants to keep working, so I don't think he'll. Say yeah. Also, I, yeah, I don't want a mouse to come to my house with a black bag on my head and take me away, so I can't say anything bad. Okay. Don't say anything bad. <laughs> I all, what I always say about the industry is like. All the companies have crazy issues, but you're working with your friends, so you're kind of in a bubble. It's kind of like you're the cool kid at school, and the teacher is like trying to break you up and beat you down. Guidance counselors like, do this, it'll help you, and you're like, whatever. That's how it is with every production. But I mean, Disney owns everything now, so it's kind of annoying. But they keep a lot of people working. So, um, did they do? Did you do that job in L.A. or did you come out to Atlanta for that? Uh, L.A. <clears throat> what job are you talking? Oh, oh. He did Mulan. Yeah. Um, did you watch Mulan? I did. Now, <laughs> what did you like it? <laughs> the way you said it, like, uh, I have seen it, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, I have said, since I put it in there. No, it was really bad. I mean, it was one of those uh, adaptations that I did. I, it didn't work at all for me on any level. It was weird. It took such a fun cartoon, took all the fun out of it. Yeah. And it was just odd. Yeah. Wow. And I was only there for like three days on pickups for the big battle, so I was like, oh, this could go either way, but then I was hearing from people like, there's no dragon, there's no this, and I was like, okay. <laughs> like the remake of Aladdin. Why? Why? I didn't watch that. I saw the trailer and it was not who you are. You can't. But people went, people went and saw that. I don't understand why people go and see things. I feel like they pump like so much mediocrity into theaters now that people just kind of accept it. It's like Netflix, man. It's, like it's weird. Unbelievable how much uh, mediocrity is on there. Yeah. I can neither agree or disagree with your comment about Netflix as I am still getting residuals from them. So therefore, no, I'm not, I'm not out of this conversation. A lot of Netflix is a channel. Watch stuff. This is like everything <laughs> blends into everything. On I mean, Netflix, they make odd choices though. Like, they canceled Glow, which was a great show. Yep. Um, and then they. Uh, trying to milk the Stranger Things for one more season. I was like, once those, once Stranger Things is gone, by Netflix just to kind of nosedive. Because there's not much to watch in there. They don't have many hit shows anymore. Well, their methodology is all, they're, like, Netflix, I mean, um, Stranger Things is the exception to their rule. Their rule is that they would only keep things for one, two, maybe three seasons because people will come to those. Like, that, that, that's that been generally their, um, their, their recipe. Just do one to three seasons, and then that's it. Because people have already joined. If they're joined, they join because of those shows, and they don't—they're looking for the, like the next thing. Um, but Stranger, Stranger Things is the only one that's be, gone beyond that. Like they got Lucifer for that last season, and then that was it. Because people were crying for it when they got Lucifer, and then now it's gone. Like Lucifer. It's, well, yeah, it's like I don't like they don't like House of Cards is gone. They canceled Glow in the middle of season four when they were filming it. Uh, Stranger Things is wrapping up, and they spent like a billion dollars to buy the rights for Knives Out two and three. And I'm like, that's cool, but is that a good investment? A billion dollars for two two-hour movies? Yeah. No. I'm like, I don't, I don't. And now that I read the commercial, and I was like, okay, just close the casket lid. You're done. Yeah. I, I want to see them do more Fear Street for 
something of that. Nature. I think Beer Street or Goose or a new Goosebumps review or something would be great. I agree. Beer Street was good. If they get a, a, a really uh, a better version of the Twilight Zone than what they had the remake of, that wasn't good. But they what, the problem that I think they missed with the new Twilight Zone was if you watch the old Twilight Zones, every episode had a new director, had a, a yeah. visionary, had something never been done before. And the new Twilight Zone, basically, I think it was the same director for like five or six of the episodes. Yeah. You're not getting that different flavor right. like the original Twilight Zone. Gave well, you. well, if you remember the original like Nightmare on Elm Street TV show, it was basically that. Um, if you've seen the TV show, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, yeah, yeah fucking forever. Yeah, like, yeah, crazy nightmare. Yeah, but he did. They did each episode was a different story, and it was just yeah, awkward and weird. A very big success. Yeah. Some great song, really bad, but I mean that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah. I mean, I hope they're bringing back Black Mirror, which I think is a good move as well. Um, because that was another great show. So we'll see how long Netflix can float. Marcel, and I think we could. I think you and I could expedite this specifically because we need to get uh Sean and Victor together and tell them to stop arguing and let us go make Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, yeah, I don't think that's going to ever happen. <laughs> I think once money and lawyers get involved, they're done with their friendship. I mean, realistically, though, I don't know why Sean be fighting him on this. Like, it, So the lawsuit is we can't use Jason's name, or we can't say Crystal Lake, and we can't use Pamela Borges. Yeah. Okay, like, there's plenty of sequels and plenty of people that don't say his name. No one cares about a prequel of his mom. Right. And we don't have to, they, and most of the films don't take place at Crystal Lake, so I don't understand this whole thing. But they keep trying to reboot it, and I was like, I don't fucking care about his mom. I don't fucking care about Camp Crystal Lake. I just want to do the hockey mask cutting people up. Yeah. And it's like the simple thing, and I keep fucking it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fan films were pretty good, even though they're low body counts, but they were they were pretty good. The, the, the fan films that they made, uh, Never Hike Alone. Never yeah, those were actually, those I felt were better than the last four mainstream movies, yeah. It's just weird, I don't know. And also, I mean, I know uh, I know Sean, um, uh, he sent me home on Face Off, ironically. Um, and, and I just feel like when he kind of takes over the reins, it kind of just shifts the bed. I hate Jason Goes to Hell. I don't like Jason X. I didn't like the remake. I don't like Freddy vs. Jason. Um, garbage. Garbage. I agree with that. <laughs> so, like, I'm kind of like, yeah, just get it away from him or just get it back to basics. I don't know. See, for me, Jason X is so campy and so, like, just out off the wall. Like, I don't even consider it a Jason movie just because it's, like, it's, like, one of those so weird. It's Jason in space. Yeah, so I will say of all the sequels of the 90s, Jason X is the most watchable. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it, it's so, like, what the fuck were they thinking? What's happening? But, like, Jason Goes to Hell is so bad, and the remake is horrible, and, uh, what's the other thing for Jason was garbage as well, like, unwatchable to me. Yeah. I Just like, I like Freddy vs. Jason, but, um, they're, um, the soundtrack was pretty good, too. I, I like the soundtrack. If you listen just the I'm trying to remember what was on the set. I mean, Ronnie, you always pick pretty good music. I was just completely shocked at how it was, like, this over-the-top, campy, hard, like, corny yeah. CGI fest. I was like, this is weird. Um, well, they changed the yeah, lore. I, they changed the lore of, I mean, the, the originals. Are we, so what are we talking about? Freddy oh, Freddie versus, yeah, they yeah. did a little bit. Well, well Freddie and well, Jason were so indie when they first started. Yeah. And those sequels were 
pretty low budget well, also. My biggest gripe. The last one was so like Hollywood and big budget. And yeah. Well, here's what I'm uh, saying. Well, my gripe was they said Jason was afraid of water and then Freddy was afraid of fire. He's in a boiler room with fire everywhere. Yeah. And then Jason got in burned. the lake probably a thousand times. Like, I don't think that's He working. lives in the lake. There's a yeah. cave. <laughs> when he's not killing people, he swims down in like a manatee. Into a cave, and he hibernates until more campers show up that are between the ages of like eighteen to twenty-four. Like they fucked up the story, and like then he waits. More. The first time, the first couple had sex, he's coming out. They don't he have it. sex. He hears the last. They don't have moment. sex. Jason won't show up, man. But they don't know that because kids are gonna. Fuck. This is gonna happen. So here's my proposal. Uh, I wrote a script for you know my style of writing. So yes. uh, I wrote a script for uh, uh, Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees movie, not named that, right? And I've been yelling at Roy for like two years to take it and give it to Sean and say, let's just go. Just go to Sean's house and stick in the door. I thought about it. Just you should. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? Like hammer it into his fucking uh, window or something. Like throw it right through the window. <laughs> Tie it to a brick. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> Do this! Yeah. Yeah. So seriously, like, I, I don't know, man. You know, it's always the same story. It's never going to happen. I mean, I read the scripture last year that almost got made, and I, I didn't really care for them at all. I thought they were really bad. Um, and I was honestly, like, I'm such a huge Friday fan. I was like, you guys, no one's going to like this. Like... That one script had, like, it was Jason's dad was the killer, then his mom started killing him, and Jason started for, like, the last 15 minutes, and, like, the water tower fell on him or something, and that's how they killed him. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, who wrote this? Like, what boomer was like, this is what the kids want? This gets so bad. What do you want to see? What do you want to see? That's what I want to see. I think he was the, wasn't he the cook or something? Like, I forgot the lore behind his dad. I think, we only heard about him in the yeah, he was like, I think he was one of the people who went to the graveyard. Or he was like a drunk or something. I don't know. It's like, it's all easy. What would you want to see in a Friday the 13th movie? Uh, I mean, honestly, I would feel like the only way to get it back on track is I would retcon the series back to after the events of part three and just pick up from there. Because, like, part two and three take place in the same weekend, so you could really just start it up. Or maybe you can do it after part four. And just yeah, leave it there, have it in the 80s, or jump ahead a few years to like 1988 or something. Or you gotta get it away from technology and just gotta get back on track. So, yeah. which one was your favorite one? Because we have a part two. Part two? Yeah. Because I think my favorite was uh, the, the, the newest Tommy Jarvis. I think that was my favorite. I don't know why. It just. Which one's that? Um, the one where. Is that four? Where he's actually a, like a zombie now, he's supernatural. That's my six. Yeah, I like that one. That's uh, um, three six. I think one. That, I think six is my favorite. Three six two one. Yeah, mine's like six three. Yeah. Yeah. I hate part one as well. The more I watch it over the years, I'm like, I don't get it. One's kind of boring. Well, yeah. One was for. The, it is. It's really slow. One yeah. was for the shock factor because back in what '78 or uh, when when it came out, like no one. Ex- no one expected that at all, but now we're like, okay, the mom did it. Oh, yeah. And it's not, I mean, there's some good performances. Some of the actors are good. It's just uh, it, the pacing's off in certain areas, and then it's like there's low moments where I'm like, nothing's happening. Um, the, 
the last 20 minutes of the race, just the lead up, I'm like, God, something happened, please. Yeah. Someone gets stabbed or something. Yeah. I like, no, wait. I always get four and three confused. Four, Which one takes the one place? where he gets his mask. Huh? Three's the one where he gets the mask. Gets his mask in the dock. Four, uh, the Shelly, the guy doing all the practical jokes and stuff, and then right, no, no, no. What the spear it, what, gun in the eye. What's the group home? Uh, that's, that's part five. That's the worst call. That's the underrated one. Part five is fun. Who's calling, Who's calling you? It's funny, Royce. Uh, hey, we were just talking about you. Uh, See, I, I don't, I don't like five just because it wasn't even. I don't like. I don't like nine. Uh, nine? No one likes nine. Fast doesn't help. It seemed like after yeah. three, I don't every like the other remake. one. I hate sucked. the remake. Mainly because I, I met the, the Jason dude, and he was just kind of a dick. Who was that? Derek Mears. Derek Mears. Yeah. He was just like a dick. I was at a convention, and I was like, dude, I fucking love Jason, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm the only one. No. I was like, I met Kane Hodder once. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, bro. So. I mean, I like the remake as in, I just like him running. I liked, I think the kills were a little bit more graphic. Like, I just... Yeah, I disagree. I feel like he runs in part two and the kills in part two were way more graphic. And I was like, it was weird. He was like, he hung from a sleeping bag over a fire. I'm like, what is happening? And also, it's that weird, and this is going to sound very, like, I don't know, maybe racist, but it's that Michael Bay, like, everyone's, like, a white Hollister model and they're all wealthy. And I'm like, well, these aren't like anyone I know, right? Sixteen year old millionaires in their own like giant ten thousand square foot cabin. I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And I hate how they like they're like we're recording everything, and then they made the black guy like a hip hop artist. I was like, okay, uh, sure, we'll go with this. Yeah, it's just it's overproduced. Yeah. That's the problem. Very our first our first night of sorority, we shot where they shot. Friday, one of the Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, up on that hill. Well, I was in the makeup trailer for like fourteen hours, losing my mind, so I didn't get that tidbit of information. But I've been to almost every filming location from the Friday the Thirteenth films, um, except Part Two. So that's cool that I can say that I've been there. It got burned out. I think nine was more like in the desert type of setting. We spent all we spent a whole day setting up the cemetery scene and shit. And then the next day it got closed down because they threw a fucking rave there during the co- during the fucking pandemic. No, it went out the space. And I was like, there was like, I found purses, IDs, wallets, cell phones, ecstasy tablets, bags of cocaine everywhere. All day I was like trying to pick up so the dogs wouldn't eat it. So they had this dog running on. I'm like, there's ecstasy everywhere. <laughs> like, I love dogs going to run around humping everything. It was like random. I didn't find seven bags of weed, though. <laughs> I mean, what? You'd be lucky if it was just natural weed. I uh, will. Like, probably, yeah, probably there. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. I don't there. Know. We shot a movie afterwards. Who knows what I was on? True. True. Long really, nights, man. I can really imagine what goes on in your head. I, I don't know if I want to imagine. It's scary, bro. <laughs> so. I, yeah, I feel like the, people always glamorize filmmaking. I was like, literally, you're just tired and cold, and you're up on, like, 5 p.m. to like 7 a.m. Then you go home and sleep for like three hours and get up and do it again. People don't know the hard work that's involved in creating. They're like, oh, I could do that. No, you can't. No, no you can't. <laughs> like, the best I ever had was I worked with kids one time, so my schedule was 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day. 
Uh-huh. And I thought that was amazing. I was like, I love it. And then now we're great for schooling, and it's like in heaven. Oh, I mean, I, I just think it's a funny conversation where people like think that filmmaking is easy to do, and like, like, oh yeah, my budget, you know, I, I could do that with less money. I was like, no, no, because no. they don't realize like the actual the manpower that it takes to do this. Now, if you're unless you're doing one of Chris's movies, then he just, you know, he does it all himself. Yeah, edit, camera, shoot. You know, I can't. Well, I can't no, I can't. do that. I would want my. That. I can't do it because I. I need my stories are absurd. <laughs> the shit that I want to make is absurd. Well, that's the thing. It's like I know what I can accomplish, so I write based on what I can do. Not yeah, like not me. Shit. Yeah. I also feel like if you're good at editing, you're good at directing because you know what you need and you will only shoot that. Yeah. I feel like there's directors that just shoot everything. I'm like, are we? Good? What is the shot though? Like, why are you shooting the back of her head if it's going to be her knee? Yeah. yeah. So shoot, direct, and edit. So it's like. I know exactly yeah. what I need to cut it together. Yeah. And I don't do like all this crazy extra, you know, taking 20 takes on something that you're not even going to use later. No, I, I don't believe in 20 just takes. Man. If you don't get it in like four, fucking move on. Joe, what are you talking about? I remember the other time you were doing on like take 12 or 13, I felt like. And I'm like, What's I'm going to take him away from that fucking camera. And I know everyone will back me up on that. I was like, what is he filming? <laughs> I don't know. We had a lot of... To be fair, anything outside the cemetery, well, I, I don't know if there's any worse conditions than what we were trying to do. Those, nights. those five nights were the coldest nights and the windiest nights I've ever had in my entire life. And it was blowing so bad that it was lifting our set off and taking it away. The light fell over and smashed. I remember that. And then the actress got all that dirt in her contact lenses. And I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> But now from experience... I do Joe's auditions now, and I know exactly what you mean with how many takes he takes. Yeah, I love how he's like, I'm like a one take, maybe two take, one movie in and out. I'm like, okay, add a few more numbers on that and we'll be accurate. <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, it's... One thing took about two hours, and it was like three lines. I going into it. Loosely based on dialogue. You don't have to follow it. I say that in my own films because I know that I'm not going to remember what the fuck's on the page even though I wrote it. Uh-huh. So I just kind of wing it. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. Anyway. <laughs> so I definitely understand and will back you up on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Meanwhile, I'm like so stressed about getting mine in one take because I'm like, we've been waiting for this, we got to get it go. And then Joe's like, no, it's still a take. One more take's great. And I'm like, yeah, one more take. I'm like, oh, okay. Everyone has this luxury that we equal. <laughs> is he one of those that's like perfect that was perfect let's do another one yeah yeah one more for safety <laughs> yeah but thankfully I mean I, there's not a lot of work that has to be done when we shot all the effects because your effects are amazing your costumes are the, the creature makeup is amazing I can't even like I can't wait for people to see it I need to see the final edit of the film before I come because I don't want to feel like it's great. Uh, I never say my work straight anyway. I always feel like it's, I don't know, I'm just a little more humble about that. I'm happy with what I did for sure. Um, it was a lot of work for, since I lost my entire team before we started filming. So I was just there, one man show pretty much. When you're doing, when you're going in between sets and you're, you're resetting makeup and doing all that, what's the biggest like frustration that you generally have? 
Now, is it the actors? Is it the, the like the, the not the climate? Um, what happens? It depends on the actors. Sometimes the actors are shit and they're just really like they know what they signed up for. They're making a lot of money and they complain. Um, but I'm pretty good dealing with bad people. But usually, what it is is you get the makeup on. You're there three in the morning. You put it on to like six in the morning, and then they have breakfast, and then you don't film them until like five in the afternoon. And then by then they fall asleep in their trailer. They've eaten, they've eaten drinks, they've touched it, and, and then there, someone was like, "Why is it look like that?" Because like, it's been on her face for fourteen hours. <laughs> you got here two hours ago. We've been here since one in the morning. Yeah. Um, so that's usually the frustrating thing. I'm always like, if we get her makeup or them in the makeup, can we film this ASAP? Like at least they're close-ups. But you know, it never happens that way. It's always, you know, the wives, the mediums, and close-up. And I'm like, okay. That's the most frustrating thing is like you do a really beautiful makeup, but then they film it 12, 13 hours later. Yeah. I imagine that being awful. Um, yeah, it's awful for me and the actor because they're sitting there and they're trying to like sit up like this and, and like not eat. They're like just drinking all day and they're trying to like not move and it's like, it's not fun. Yeah. I remember you applying the splinters to my face uh, in, I don't know, I think it was 10 degrees. <laughs> and the wind yeah. blowing the tent away, and you're like, "Can I just get a minute?" <laughs> <laughs> like, so I was like, "We gotta do the changeover on Joe." And I'm like, "Okay, well, it's gonna take this much amount of time." I'm like, "Okay, you have like a third of that." And I'm like, "No, no, no, we need more time." <laughs> and that always happens, no matter how much you plan to like, you'll have to wash this makeup myself. No matter what, the biggest productions, you'll get in the trailer and like, okay, so we're going to meet her in 15 minutes. I was like, well, that's not going to happen, so. She's like a full body prosthetic with a dragon tail. It's not 20 minutes, guys. Yeah, it's 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 always like the time crunch. They always, they always try and like pull the rug out from under you. Luckily with Roy, though, Roy's an effects artist, so he knew he was pretty good about it. Um, you can always tell the producers and the PAs who have no idea anything about makeup or movie making. Because they're like, oh, is he ready? I was like, he just stepped into the trailer. Like, literally three minutes ago. <laughs> um, so take me back to when you actually worked on Riddick. Did you actually work, like, Vin Diesel? Like, did you? I wasn't there. I wasn't union yet. So I went to the shop and um, I helped make all the giant bone monsters and I helped test the big death of the mama alien. And I made organs for the mom alien. And uh, what else did we do? I painted the bones. We did a lot of uh, research and development on how to like cut up because they got the big mom alien. He slides under and cuts up. Once we had to we figure all that out. Um, and I thought going into a huge shop like Bush and Tesla's because he's like an Oscar winner and a genius. And there was like four people, and I was one of them. And I was like, oh, and like, yeah, we hire someone. We we trust them. And I was like, uh oh. So it was like as a young kid who didn't know shit. I was like, oh my god. So I was like, all eyes on me. <laughs> He's like, put it in. But, but yeah, I didn't get to go to set. Um, is it David Toohey? Is he the writer director of that movie? Uh, no idea. I don't recall. Let me look. I think it is. He started out doing like a little bunch of horror films, but I feel like he kind of got really like uppity and full of himself because he was always like giving like really kind of harsh notes. And at the same time I was there, I think they were filming another season of face-off, and their face-off house was next door to his house. And so all the production were like, ah, oh, he's terrible, he's always calling the police on us, he's always complaining, he hates those kids in the neighborhood, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he seems fun. Yes, with David Um But that, that, that sounds like an like experience on that on that type of set, in that capacity, like, 
just being a young kid being able to like being hired in, in such in such on such a big property an the IP like Riddick it, like is actually one of my favorite movies. Like it's actually I like it's fun. Yeah, what? Seth it was a fun I movie. love Pitch Black. I saw Riddick once, and I remember liking Riddick. I love Pitch Black. I love Riddick. I didn't watch the Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, I don't think I saw that one. I think I only saw one of them. Well, yeah, probably Pitch Black. Yeah, where he's just uh, the criminal. And yeah, he's on a plane or a spaceship, yeah. and they crash yeah. land on a planet full of pterodactyls or something. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going into a studio like that, I knew it was a big deal, and it was also the first thing I did after Face Off, and I knew that if I didn't really up my game and try hard, I wouldn't be labeled as like the reality guy who didn't career went nowhere. So I was very like in there. I don't think I had much fun on really because I was so focused on doing well and like. You know, you're around really talented people that are just like, you know, they're microscopes, so you're just nervous all the time. So, like, at the time, it was just stress and work. And then I started working at Horror Nights in at Universal at the same time. So, I would come home from Horror Nights at 5 in the morning, go to bed, get up at 7, catch the bus to Tinsley's, and then I would leave Tinsley's at 1 p.m. to take the bus to get to Universal by 2 p.m. And I worked from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., 5 a.m. every day. So, I was sleeping like two or three hours a day for like a month on top of the stress. Uh, so, like, at the time, it was just a blur of, like, oh, God, I have to get up. Oh, God, I, I don't want to fuck up. But now, looking back, it's really cool. It's fun. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was, like, 19, 20. I don't think I ever slept. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, would, I would die if I tried that schedule now. I, my body would just completely, sh- completely shut down. <laughs> Literally die. <laughs> Literally die. I can't. I need at least 12 hours of sleep now to feel like I can get up and do anything. Yeah. But, um... But at 19 and 20, did you realize, like, how big, like, how huge that opportunity was? Like, like I, I know, I, I think that was a big deciding factor. Basically, everything, like, that would woke you up every day. Like, this is, this is it. Like, this is how I get my foot in the door into, like, big Hollywood. Like, this is. Well, yeah, since the time I was seven, I told my parents I wanted to do monster effects. And uh, there was no clear way of doing that, especially I was in Washington on a farm. Uh, so, like, once I got any, any opportunity I got, I took it as, like, like this, if I die, I have to make this like my lasting thing. Like everything has to be perfect. So like, you know, I was opportunity is really a, a cool thing. I didn't take it for granted at all. I, I was probably having less fun than my peers. They were like, but probably we're in LA for the first time. And I was like, no, I have a job. I have a career I have to think about. And then I went from Riddick to American Horror Story season three um, at the same company. So I had a lot of momentum and I was making good connections. So I was really career focused and it was really exciting because I knew it was like, oh, my friends aren't getting these opportunities right away. So take advantage of it. Yeah. Really soak it in. You can go on a dry run, like just like actors and like directors. Like, what? Still... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, I haven't worked in two years, but what do you mean? <laughs> So, like, you never know when that next opportunity or the next job is going to come come around. There's so much competition, especially in L.A., where you have to, like, put, like, your best foot forward at all times. And it's and it's something yeah. – and that pre- it's, like, it's pressure. It's, it's a lot of pressure, um, but it, it, it's hard. Like, Well, there's less pressure now that you won an Emmy and going to have to keep up that same kind of consistency. So good luck with that. Yeah, I'm just gonna burn out. I'm gonna die like a bleeding ulcer or something. Right. Right. What happened? He smoked himself to death. He didn't smoke. We know. <laughs> I didn't work for a week, so I threw myself off a building. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. He he jumped off the O on the mountain. <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, yeah, I mean, and also in LA, like, Joe knows, it's like, it's a lot of who you know and, uh, you know, your reputation. A lot of people will hire people, even not that talented. If you have a good personality and, like, you work hard, you'll get work. It's not about, it's like a mixture of talent and personality, really. Because um, you don't want to be stuck on set for 17 hours or something you don't like, so you hire people you like. Yeah, you make friends. I make fa- like my problem is I get really attached to people, really easily. So like, yeah, he's been here for a year and we can't get rid of him. Yeah, I won't leave. <laughs> <laughs> but like after sorority, man, I you know like you and, and Roy, obviously Roy and I are very close. Uh, I just felt close to to you guys, and it's hard to pull away from that, you know, like because you're gonna now you gotta go work on something else, and they're gonna go do something, you're gonna go do something, and now. You haven't talked in six months, and then it's like a year you haven't talked. It's weird because you become, and it's like it's the most striking, but you do become like a little kind of like family unit because it's literally just like the same 40 people together every day for like a month, a month and a half. And that's all you see, all you talk about, like on your days off, if you have any, you're texting them about what's going on when you go to work. So you're just around the same people, and you know, I'm around the actors every single day intimately putting on makeup so like you get close to everybody and then someone's like okay well and then you see people in other sets it's weird yeah. you're like oh she's getting her makeup done by Bob yeah but someone else I'm like you whore cheater <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's sad for me because I, like I said man like, I think I'm really like, they don't call me they didn't call me for work they made a movie and I'm not in it <laughs> Yeah, I know some other thing that always happens. Like, you, you're in a group of people, and then, like, you see a certain amount of that group of people are just making like, oh, why didn't they call me? You know, what's going on? But, like, that happens with me, too. Like, sometimes there's not a fit for someone or something, and then you try to take it personal because it's like, we hung out for six months together, and you didn't call me. Yeah. 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 You like, shaved my chest. He <laughs> <laughs> did. No, I can't. And then he put a prosthetic here. Well, I was like, Joe, you called me the other day to congratulate me, yeah. and I answered, I didn't I didn't have your number in my phone, and you're like, you didn't say my number? And I was like, well, no, I don't think I ever got your number. And I thought the other day that you called Roy to get my number, so you didn't have my number saved either. You gave me a little pity party. You're like, man, oh, man, you didn't have my number saved. I felt all bad. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> the truth comes out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't. I had some brand new phone. Sorry. And all the numbers are. You need a case for Dude, I have a case. That's not a case. That's an OtterBox. This is a case. Listen, I don't... All right. Why do you think you bought, had to buy a new phone? Because no, it broke. I didn't buy a new one. No, we upgraded for free. We had an S10, and now we have an S22. Ooh, thank you. For 10 so years, I don't know how fucking long that was. They last whatever. Four. <laughs> uh, anyways. So, but no. I didn't have your number in this phone, and <clears throat> I phone, called Roy. And I was like, <laughs> He didn't leave with that go. He was like, hey, you don't have my number, man? Oh, man. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm like an asshole. I'm not going to tell you. I just had to talk to Roy for five minutes to get it. And then he's going to say he just had to silence Roy when he just called. So you see how he Oh, out. no, I'm going to call Roy when I get in the car and be like, yeah, I was on the podcast with Marcel. He told me you sold me out. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's the poster behind you? Me? Uh, 
Garbage Pail Kids, the movie. Oh, can't tell. Weird. We were just I talking about Mad that Max. movie yesterday. Me and my girlfriend were just talking about that. <laughs> Mad Max? I guess it was a Rogue Yanni. It could be Mad Max, yeah. yeah. I like what people consider to be shitty movies, um, and I love them. Yeah. Howard the Duck? I fucking love them. Howard the Duck is my, one of my all-time favorite movies. I have a Howard the Duck tattoo. I have the poster in my room. I worked with one of the people that was in. I met Leah Thompson at a party, ran right into her. She thought Back to the Future was coming. I was like, no, bitch, we're talking about Howard the Duck. And she looked like she was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but she was nice. She liked, she, she talked to me about it. But she had that moment of terror, like, please God, don't embarrass me at this party. <laughs> oh. I mean, I bet she was awesome. I, I mean, I mean, Leah Thompson, man, she's cute. Yeah. I mean, all the right moves. Now, She's also in Jaws 3D, which is one of my favorite Jaws movies. So I'm like, okay, I was like, you did some cool shit. That's the first Jaws I saw in the theater. Because it was 3D. I was like, I got It's a good movie. I like it. 3D glasses. Uh, is that oh. the one where they're in the tube? Yeah, they're underground. Like, Sea World. Mommy, look at this. Sea World. Holy shit. <laughs> Danny Glover's in it. Right? Danny Glover? Yeah. I haven't seen the movie probably. No, Louis Gossett Jr. I knew it was one of them. Nice. <laughs> Some guys in that cube. I don't know. <laughs> See what I have to deal with every week. <laughs> what do you got next? What's next on your plate? What did you say? Me? What? <laughs> what do you think I said? <laughs> I, I, heard, I heard put it on my plate, and I was like, what? Well, or what's on your plate? Put it on my plate, baby. We'll see where it goes. No. <laughs> what's next? Um, I don't know. I'm, uh, it's, I'm just on a break right now. I have, uh, well, I don't know if I should say it because I signed NDAs, but um, there's another TV show coming out, but it's not for sure. So I never say it's in the bag until I'm working on it. But right now I'm just kind of taking a break because I feel like it's just been a whirlwind of working, working, working. And I just want to take like a. I almost died yesterday, Joe. I need a break, okay? Yeah. So, okay. Take a breath, man. Yeah. I literally was sucked out of an airplane and landed on the ground safely, so I think I earned this break. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's how the story will evolve, yes. Over the years, just get crazy and crazier. Yeah. No, you don't. Like, everyone died but me. I have a horrible burn on my body from it. <laughs> Ten years ago, Marcel was hanging out of a plane. He almost died. He was wearing uh, suspenders that got caught on the seatbelt. <laughs> he did the Tom Cruise hanging from the right. Thing. He's like, yeah. he was ghost protocol in that <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, what's next for you, Joe? Uh, well, uh, I'm working with Roy and I. Uh, we're literally uh, got uh, a contract out right now for this movie called Attack of the Fish People that I'm waiting that do the sign. Uh, I think you know about that. And uh, and then uh, I just landed a deal, a little smaller budget, uh, to hopefully be shooting in New Mexico called Dead House. So, uh, yeah, that just happened like last, what's today, Tuesday? So like Thursday, Wednesday of last week, it kind of became to fruition. I don't have any contracts yet, but it's coming from a, a reputable source that uh, the investment's coming, so. Awesome. I wanted to, I, my focus has been attacking the fish people for months now, and we're very close to that, just waiting on this contract to sign. And then while all that was happening, this other project fell in my lap, so I was like. Well, I, I told you I wanted to do Dan House for a while. 
I know, but I still want to do that. Well, now it got funded out in New Mexico. I'm, I'm going. So, yeah, all right. I'm going. Yeah, do it. Everything's going to New Mexico right now. That's what Gabe's working right now in New Mexico. He's out there in New Mexico. What's he working on? I think Atlanta's drying up for a while. New Mexico is going to be hot for a few years. Yeah, I, I always, I've been saying that for like two or three years now, that New Mexico's the next, that's the next hot spot. And now Atlanta's drying up. It, New Mexico's probably about to blow up in the next like, year. It goes in waves, though. Every few years, like, Atlanta's huge for a couple years, and then it dries up, and then New Mexico's huge, and then it dries up, and everything's back in L.A., and it's back in Atlanta. It just goes in a way. It's whatever the tax breaks are, honestly. Yeah, of course. Well, follow the incentive. Well, Atlanta's really, like, either, like, you're either working with Tyler Perry or Marvel, like, right now. It's, that's pretty much. That's pretty much yeah. what Atlanta. It, it was Stranger Things. They shot the first two seasons oh, yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. Then they moved to New Mexico. Yeah. They did some of the last season in Atlanta. I think they're, they're doing the next season in Atlanta again. So. Better bring back fucking Dirty Dick. Maybe in flashback. They gotta get you, gotta get you for a flashback sequence as a corpse. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but I, yeah, I think Atlanta is definitely uh, drying up. There's not, I mean, they're not doing much Marvel out of there now. I don't think. They just wrapped up Guardians, and then uh, yeah. I don't know where they shoot the other shows. Like I don't know where they shot Mrs. Marvel or uh, Moon Knight. I don't know where they were shooting those. So that might have been Atlanta too. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I used to get a ton of auditions out of Atlanta from this company, Feldstein uh, and Paris Casting. And I haven't gotten anything from them in like six months. Yeah. And I was getting like two gigs, two auditions a week. So. You know, they, do you tell your agent what you want to go on auditions for? Like, do you, do you tell them like anything or specific roles? My new, my old agent. I've only had a new agent for about two months, and he's very good. And he will text me and say, "What hot show right now are you trying to get on?" And I'll say the, whatever the fuck I'm watching. Uh, Supernatural. He's like, that doesn't cheer anymore. <laughs> uh, but, you like, lighting. you know, uh, there's some stuff out now that's shooting, like, um, a series called Poker Face I just auditioned for. Uh, uh, I've been auditioning. I've had about six auditions for the Twisted Metal series. Yeah. Those are the ones that took two hours to do. Well, yeah. <laughs> Based off the video game Twisted Metal? Yeah. yeah. They're making a series shooting Atlanta out of it. Is it like Mad Max? Isn't that what Dinger's trying to do with things in that game? I don't know that game really well. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So it's like a Mad Max. It follows a courier who, like, delivers shit, and he's trying to get out of the game, and he runs into all the bad guys and vehicles and shit like that. It's, I don't know. But Fallout has a new series coming. I'm trying to get on that. Oh, damn. Okay. I feel like I would just audition for horror films. I feel like I wouldn't have fun filming a drama or something. Well, I don't know. Because I said, I was like, I don't, I don't want to audition for Hallmark movies. I don't give a shit about that. I'm not that actor. I don't want to go after every role. I don't want to be a bartender. So I'm trying to make my mark in the horror industry as the, the, you know, like a big horror film director, horror comedy guy. This, this bullshit like Hallmark stuff. I don't care about. Man, get me the horror stuff. You know, get me Fundy. Get me that shit. I don't care about that shit. So that's what he's doing. He's trying. He also has irons in the fire for fish people out of Europe. But we'll see. Okay. We'll see. See, for me, I would just attach to any, like, anything. 
Well, I don't, I don't, I'm too busy trying to get all the other shit done. Yeah. I'm oh. too busy finishing up sorority. I don't want to audition for nonsense. Like, I, I, I really have, a, I don't have a lot of time, and the time that I do have, I need to really uh, use it for things that are making money for the platforms. Yeah. Sorority. Yeah. But do you ever think that doing, like, a, a really, maybe unique role would lead to exposure or awards or buzz? Of course I would. Yeah, of course. I would do something like that. Uh, I, you know, I like character roles, but it's got to be worth it. It's got to be, you know, that's why I, like, I don't know. That's why you got to pick and choose, man. You got to be choosing. Time is money. But I don't have a lot. I got four kids. I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. I'm sure, gosh, man. How do you pick your gigs? <laughs> you're just like, what was that? I said, how do you pick your gigs? How do you know what you're taking there? Honestly, I'm really, I say no a lot more than I say yes. Um, it depends on the amount of effects, um, how, how demanding the effect will be. Or if I know it's going to be like a, a really rough gig, but the, I know it's going to be rewarding because they're going to shoot it well and it's going to be like a cool challenge, I'll take it. But I, I kind of turn down the small stuff like, oh, it's 100 bucks a day, but it's going to be fun. Um, this last year was crazy. I, for whatever reason, I was not. Well, I shouldn't say this year. It was that last year, leading this year. But I had like almost kind of a mental break from all the stress of everything going on. So I was just turning down. I turned down like four really huge, huge shows, like department head offers and other stuff, just because like I'm not in the right mi- mindset to handle this stress. I'll have a freak out. I'll deliver all this shit work. But now it's like I kind of I base it on how fun it's going to be. Um, I feel like if it's going to be fun, it's going to be a lot of work, and it'll be worth it. Or if it's not going to be fun, yeah, and it's going to be like something that everyone's going to see and send me an awards thing, I'll do it. Yeah. It's really just, the, I don't know, it's just kind of like in the moment when it hits me. I try and weigh the pros and the cons of how much effort's going to go into it, who's actually going to see it. Because I mean, you can do a great film, and if no one's going to see it, it's like, okay. Like, do you have distribution deal? Do you have, it's just you going to sell a DVD out of the back of your car at like your friend's party? Yeah, so it's, I don't know. It just really it just hits in the moment. But I always try to stick in the more genre, but I have been trying to move into more like um, old age makeup, subtle makeup, stuff like that. I think you get to a certain stage where you start out at four, and then you go into monsters, and then you go into the, like the old age. That's like the progression of makeup artists. Yeah, because you're dying. So you want to just start making old age on everybody so it matches your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the guy who's like, I don't like co-op films. I, I don't enjoy violence. I don't think it's entertainment. I just like to do eye bags on Mill Street. Right. Every right. right. interview would be from the same, like, crown chair you sit in smoking a cigar or a cigarette. Yeah. A very long cigarette. Yeah. I always do lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> who needs lipstick? That's all I do. Yeah, it just, really, it just depends on the moment. And also, it's how uh, the producers approach, like, you know, like, if they've got, like, a good pitch, like, they really are into it, and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I don't have an agent, Joe. I'm not fancy. I do all my own work. Right. Well, uh, I, I mean, I have... <laughs> right. I, I have an agent, but I only get my gigs that I get funded and put myself in. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, I'm just a missionary professional. <laughs> yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you had a piece of advice to give new makeup artists, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give? Oh man, what a stale question. Um, stale, but it's it's informative and helpful. I would say um, only post your best work and 
practice a lot. I mean, like every single day for like three or four hours, sculpt, paint, do whatever, take pictures, and uh, get good feedback from people that you want friends with. Because uh, your friends and family always give you great feedback. That was a great take. You're amazing. You're going places and it can be shit. Get honest feedback and then take that feedback to heart and just keep working at it. Absolutely. My family never gives me any criticism. They just hate me. What? That's, that's criticism, though. show was like started on we were just giving advice to new filmmakers and new you know people getting into the industry we wanted to give them advice and how to start and you know and that's something that i've always wanted to like hold on to on the show is just being informative for people that do want to do this industry that do want to like break in however they need to break in but how they just get as much exposure as possible to you know i mean i even like i mean social media is great for that that's why i keep my instagram in just work i was like because now I found that in the last few years, I'll have a producer hit me up and he's like, oh, we don't need your resume portfolio, we found your Instagram and your IMDb. They like do that before they even, I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird to think like some big exact site on Instagram going, okay, okay, okay. Ignore the messages like, I send you. Like, yeah, like, like, do you say I like your work, Marcel? I'm sending you a script. <laughs> that's going to be the new age of how you get yeah. Forget actors' access. It's going to be Instagram. That's yeah, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really is. Instagram and TikTok are blowing Google up now, from actors to makeup artists to everything. Yep. Yeah. Well, is, those who can get exposed are not exposing themselves. I have yeah. a restraining order for such a thing, but still. I was good. That's a different. That's not Instagram. Yeah. That's something else. That's at the elementary school. <laughs> My only thing is taking me places, guys. Yeah. I mean, it can. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, awesome. I think uh, Mia, uh, Mia Khalifa is Are making like $5 million a month just on OnlyFans. Wow. Yes. Mia Khalifa? Yeah. Who is she? Um, porn star. She was a porn star, but oh. now she just does OnlyFans. All right. Never, I don't know. I don't watch porn. I mean, I don't know porn names. Well, she's probably one of the biggest names. I, I don't know. Dude, I don't. I don't watch. I'm anything. definitely not watching female porn stars. So I have no idea who she is. I'm like, who are you? Damn, get those booty out of my face. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, that, who's that, your favorite porn star? I'm but if you can I don't tell them. think I know a favorite porn star. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I know any names. Yeah. I oh wait no I remember when I liked when I was a teenager. Tip pig. Google tip pig. Yeah. That was one. He died now. I think he's dead. But I remember, yeah, there was a porn star in Seattle that I remember he had a, they had a full size poster of him. And I was like, okay. And I went home and searched it out. Yeah, stretched it out. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I did some sleuthing on the interwebs. Oh. Wait, they had internet when you were a kid? They didn't have that when I was a kid. Like, when I was 12, if you didn't have a Playboy, or uh, any of your dad's Hustlers? videos, oh, you never... Playboy, my God, get a hustler. Playboy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, nowadays, kids are like, they're way ahead of the yeah. Oh, yeah. game, man. Whatever you want to say. God, I've yeah. never got anything done as a kid if I had Google. <laughs> yeah. Dude, just be a poor Don't you have day. a teenage son? Yeah, I, and he <laughs> never comes out of his room. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, which is the same thing, basically. Yeah. Have you seen some of these gaming characters? 
lot of the games yeah. have like huge tits and they're wearing like barely anything. Like it's awesome. I think that's always how I feel like when more rock came out and everything, all the guys were like, Oh my god, I'm like she's on like a pixelated little woman guys like really? They were like pointy. They were like, <laughs> like, what are you? Yeah, like it's not even as full circle. It's like little like an octagon boob. I'm like, oh okay. And the guy's like, oh yeah, you can pause it here and then move. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Two little extra pixels That's... pointing upward. You see how? See where these conversations go? They just go. I thought like this podcast has just destroyed my career. I'm like, what did I just? What are we talking about? This is it. They're going to come remove my enemy and I'm blacklisted. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, Joe, uh, you better get your fucking movies funded because I don't need money. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but, you know what? We'll end it on that. You know, with that yeah. said. Good luck with your career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to just completely just, just trash this episode. We couldn't end it around it. It was, it was bad, guys. Yeah. I'll, I'll email you in a week and say, well, we're not airing that one. Yeah. Yeah, well. I'm going to call. Cool. Disney, Fair enough. Disney already contacted us. So <laughs> we haven't even posted it. How'd they find out? Um, <laughs> they know everything. They bug everyone's phones. Yeah. They, yeah. Probably. They know everything. They're like the NSA. Um, no, but thank you for joining us on uh, the Killer Collab podcast. You know, it, it was definitely a pleasure. Marcel, congratulations once again on the Emmy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, um, no. Hopefully we get to work together in the future. future. Um, I'll see you soon. Yeah. So. Oh, we good? Is that a promise? Yeah, I'm gonna try to go out to LA like in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Chris Lado, Joe Davidson, Marcel Banks. My name is Tony Devlin, Tony D. Thank you for joining us. The Kill It Collab Podcast. See you next week. Bye.